Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Will I get that job? Will I keep the job now that I got it? Will I get married? Will my marriage last? Uh, Will I live? How long? How many days are left? Will I have enough money? Will that money last me? Will I be accepted? What do people think of me? Stop building your life on I will. Start building it on His will. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet When we live in fear, we fall into the worldly pattern of only doing that which serves ourselves best. What can I do for me? Pastor Ed tells us that as Christians we must train ourselves to default to God as the solution for all problems and fears we may have. When we rely on ourselves, we will fail. But when we rely on God, we can be certain that He will not fail us. In your day-to-day life, strive to function off of the will of God. Let your life decisions and reactions reflect God's will for you. And here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in faith. Abram rescued his nephew Lot, defeated invading kings in a brave attempt and victory over those invading hordes. He refused the booty from the battle. He refused to take money from the king of Sodom. And now Abram is alone. He's by himself. The dust of the battle has been settled The clanging of swords is no longer heard in the air. The crowd that had cheered and welcomed him back has dissipated. Abram's by himself. Genesis chapter 15. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield your very great reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I am childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him. As righteousness. We are all spiritual children of Abram, and his name was changed later to Abraham. We're all his spiritual children. His life is a forecast of yours. So many things 
in his life, you could see paralleled in the life of Israel. You saw Abram sojourn in Egypt for a period of time. And so his descendants one day would be slaves in Egypt for a period of time. Abram left Egypt with the wealth of Pharaoh. And so his children one day, his posterity, would one day plunder the Egyptians and leave with wealth. If you were to look at Abram's life, it is a forecast of your spiritual journey and mine as well. Look up your spiritual victories. Turn in the pages of your journal and look at those moments of spiritual success. It maybe was at the altars when you prayed through and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It may have been in school when you stood up and you gave a witness for Jesus Christ even though your teachers or fellow students didn't and maybe made fun of you. It may have been a time where in spiritual warfare you went to battle on behalf of someone else and saw God do a mighty work in their life. As you look back on your spiritual journey, maybe it was at some type of meeting like we had the other week where you heard God's voice and he spoke to you at that men's convention and did something special in your life. Now, look at it carefully. Bring it to your mind. Now, will you just turn the page for a moment in your mind? Go to the next chapter. Your diaries read the same. It's almost a universal experience. After great spiritual victories, after spiritual successes, often come great spiritual defeats or battles. Isn't that true? There Abram was, victorious. Now he's alone. He's by himself. And suddenly his soul is dark. God breaks through his darkness. Often spiritual darkness comes through fear. Suddenly we become fearful or disappointed in something and We're thrust, as it were, into a night hour. But I have good news for you. God speaks to your fears. Will you say that with me? God speaks to my fears. The Bible text says in chapter 15, verse 1, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram. Now, that would be the very first time that we have That phrase, the word of the Lord came. Again and again, we'll hear that throughout the Bible. The word of the Lord comes to the prophets. The word of the Lord comes to the man of God. Here, Abram is. And in this chapter, there are a number of firsts. This is the first time that the word, it says it this way, the word of the Lord came. And what was that word? Do not be afraid. Now, Abraham is left with his thoughts after the victory. He's counseling with his fears. Sometimes self-talk can be good. Sometimes it can be destructive. It depends on what perspective that self-talk takes on. Here he is talking to himself. The adrenaline has diminished. He reflects on his rescue of Lot. He endangered his own life and the lives of his men, and he rescued his nephew Lot, his nephew standing up with gratitude and appreciation. 
No, his nephew, where does he go back to? Sodom. He gravitates back to the city of sin. Abram maybe is having second thoughts now. He had turned down all of the money and all of the booty, as it were, that was offered to him by the king of Sodom. It was his by rights. He had rescued the people of Sodom. He had rescued the people of the plain. But Abram says, I don't want any of it. He didn't want any alliance with the king of Sodom. And now maybe he's having second thoughts. Will those kings retaliate? Will they come back and fight against Abram? Abram has no alliances now with those kings near the Dead Sea. He will stand on his own, be by himself. Worry begins to fester in his heart. And it gives birth to negativism. Someone has said, worry is the dark room in which negatives are developed. He begins to worry. You begin to fret, and it begins to give birth to all sorts of fears. You begin to look at the most positive accomplishments in a different way. These were victorious accomplishments, something that Abram had done, and he had followed God and experienced a wonderful victory under the blessing of God, and now he's looking at them, as it were, in another light. How many of you know that experience? You do something great for God, some act of obedience, some sacrifice, and then all of a sudden you leave church in your home and it's a week later or a day. Should I have given that money? Should I have stood up in the office and given that witness? Should I have said what I did? Is it going to come back to haunt me? The enemy begins to play with his mind. That which was irrefutable, that which was indisputable, that which was a clear victory becomes reinterpreted in the light of fear and worry. But God, but God, but God. See, the real hero of the story is God. I think sometimes God allows the testing after the triumphs the trials after the victory. So we recognize that we have feet of clay so that we realize that our victory is only in God so that we would never trust in the arm of flesh so that we would never lean as it were on our own strength. There Abram is and the word of the Lord comes and he addresses Abram's fear. God addresses us in our fears. He says, do not be afraid. Abram had not vocalized it. He had not shared his anxiety. There's no record in the text that he was telling everyone else. But how many of you know that God knows us and he knows our hearts? He knows our thoughts when no one else knows those thoughts. He understands us when no one else understands us. And God comes and simply says, Abram, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. How frail we are. Again and again through this journey of faith, we fail to remember God's faithfulness. Abram's thinking perhaps, will those kings come back and search me? Will they find me? 
He recognizes how short-lived the gratitude of those he rescues probably will be. And how short-lived the gratitude of men is in general. And so there he is all by himself. And God speaks to him, don't be afraid, Abram. Hasn't God spoken to you? Maybe it was in the voice of a friend or in the simplicity of a conversation. Maybe it was something on the radio. But you knew when that phrase, that word came across, it was for you. It was God's voice to you. It was God searching you out, speaking directly to you. That word was lifted, as it were, off of the book or the pages of Scripture, and it was spoken to you. Or that individual who spoke to you, they weren't conscious of it, but you knew it. It was God speaking and addressing you. There Abram was. Lloyd Ogilvy said there are 366 times in the, new, in the Bible that God says, don't be afraid or be not afraid. And he went, goes on to say, one for every day of the year and one extra for leap years. You could take comfort in that. Don't be afraid. One of my favorite is Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Ah, we're constantly surrounded by fear because we allow doubt to creep into our heart. We go into that dark room and we allow worry to produce the negatives of our lives. And we begin to think, will I get that job? Will I keep the job now that I got it? Will I get married? Will my marriage last? Uh, Will I live? How long? How many days are left? Will I have enough money? Will that money last me? Will I be accepted? What do people think of me? Stop building your life on I will. Start building it on his will. Stop building it. Amen. On what you could think you could make of it. Start building it like Abraham did on the promises of God that do not fail. See, God had spoken to Abraham. God will keep his word to Abraham. There's only one question you have to ask. Is does God keep his word? Does God keep his promises? Is God true to what he says? And if he is, live in the light of that promise. Live in the light of that hope. Live in the reality of that truth. In Isaiah 43, it reads, But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Yes, we go through the trials. Yes, we go through the rivers. Yes, we go through the difficult times. Yes, we go through that fiery furnace of life. But in all of those junctures, God promises us that he would never leave us or forsake us. And his good purposes and his good will will be fulfilled concerning our life. That's the hope that we have as believers. The next time fear knocks on the door, send faith to answer it and you'll find no one there. Abram, hear the word of the Lord. See, God addresses our fears with a do not be afraid. But God also addresses all of those anxieties within with a revelation of his character. How many of you know one one view of God changes the whole perspective? You may be going through the most difficult time. You may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But if you could see the good shepherd or hear his staff or sense his presence, that's all you need. That will take you through. That will keep you in the hour of trial. And God's going to reveal his character to Abram. He's going to reveal himself to him. And that's going to settle him. He says, I am your shield. Your very great reward. Abram, don't worry about the armies coming after you. Abram, don't be afraid about tomorrow. Abram, don't worry about those kings retaliating against you because I stand between you and them. Oh, hallelujah. God standing between us and our enemies. Israel, don't worry. Even though Pharaoh's army is hot on your heels, God is between you and Pharaoh's army. Believer, don't worry. God is between you and every enemy that you have and every trial that you have. He is your shield. Hallelujah. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Said David. And he went on to say, when evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, When mine enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear the war break out against me. Even then will I be confident. See, God tells us in his word that we can have an assurance in the midst of adversity, in the midst of difficulty. David trusted in God. He said, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid of? The Lord is the strength of my life, the stronghold of my life. Remember... The horrendous pictures of people fleeing the crumbling towers on 9-11. The most expensive real estate in the United States was not secure against terrorists. Those towers crumbled into the dust as people fled in fear. I tell you, you could take refuge In the Lord our God. And never have a fear. Never worry. 
Never be overcome by fear. Because God is a refuge and a fortress. And if God puts his hand of protection upon you, no one can touch you. And if it's your time, praise the Lord if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a curious verse found in the book of Job. Satan comes to God. And he wants to touch Job. And he makes a statement. Not everything Satan says is true, but some things he says is. And this is true. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? See, God had put a hedge around Job. And Satan couldn't touch him. And God allowed the hedge to come down a little. And he said, okay, you could touch his goods, but not him. And then the enemy came back and he said, well, if you allow me to touch his flesh, he said, I'll allow that. But that's as far as you're going to go. See, the enemy can only touch you so far. He can only do so much to you. When God puts his protection upon you, he can't come behind or around or over or under that hedge. God sovereignly watches over you. Abram, don't be afraid. I want you to know that God is a shield. Abram, don't be afraid. I want you to know that God will watch you at night and he'll watch you when you rise in the morning. Abram, don't worry about your enemies. God is greater than your enemies. Abram, I'm your shield. Hallelujah. Some of you, like Abram, have made a conscious decision to follow Christ. You've given up money because you wanted to do the right thing. You've given up position because you wanted to live for God. You have given when you didn't even have enough to give at times. But you have made personal sacrifices. The enemy will come when you're all alone and say, was it worth it? Is it worth it? That's where Abram was. But what did God say to him? Abraham, or Abram, I am your reward. We will be rewarded by God. He will compensate us. He is no man's debtor. You will not come out on the short end of the stick when you serve God. He promises to be faithful. He said, I am your reward. Abraham, I'm going to give you myself. I'd rather have God than have riches. I'd rather be poor with God than be rich without God. I'd rather walk in sickness and have God than have perfect health and not have God. For with God, you are rich. With God, you are wealthy. With God, you have everything that you need. Abram, want you to know that God is your rewarder. You turned away the rewards of the world. You turned away the riches of the world. You turned away what the world would have given you on a silver platter. But God, but God, but God is going to bless you. Abram, you're going to be blessed beyond your wildest imagination. Abram, you're going to be blessed for generations to come. And you're children are going to be blessed and you're going to be a blessing hallelujah god is both the rewarder and the reward of his people when you hear the enemy coming trying to bring you into that dark room so that you could look at your past triumphs and victories and question their validity hear him saying fear not and let faith answer the door and you'll find no one there 
Ha, listen to him say to you, I am your shield. I'm going to get you to heaven. I'm your mighty fortress. I am your reward. I am the one who is going to take care of your tomorrows. I'm going to take care of your tomorrows, all of them. Now, both fears and disappointments create spiritual darkness in our heart. There was a disappointment in Abram's heart. He didn't express it, but it was there. It happens with you and it happens with me. But God speaks to that disappointment. As we walk through the life of Abraham, we ultimately see that God did indeed fulfill every promise. Even though Abraham was very old and his wife had been barren for years and years, God's will could not be prevented from happening. The promised child was born and the nation of Israel began. Abraham followed God's directions even when it didn't make any sense. And his faith stands out as a shining example to us today. Even when life around you doesn't make sense, God's purposes can't be stopped. He'll do everything he's promised. We hope these messages have been encouraging to you also as you journey along this life with the Lord. We love bringing the word to you, but we know that life is meant to be done in community with others. Are you plugged into a local church? If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area, we'd love to see you at Faith Assembly. Our services are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. You can find out more on our website, buildinginfaithradio.com, or give us a call at 845-462-5955. We'd love to talk with you about any questions you have or walk through what it means to give your life to Christ. That number once again is 845-462-5955. That's all we have time for today. We pray you step forward in faith, leaning on God to provide all you need along the way. Join us again on Building in Faith Radio to learn more about the life of Abraham with Dr. Ed Jones. Your word restores.